Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and today you are listening on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Do I believe Roger Federer is going to be playing tennis in 2021? Not sure yet. We'll get to that in just a little bit, but first we're going to start with the updated 2021 ATP calendar. Now, we've been waiting for this for a while, and there was reports that the Australian Open was pushed back, which are correct, but now some of the other tournaments that are happening have finally made an announcement. Um, There was an announcement by the ATP on when those tournaments are going to be played, and an interesting part is uh, all the tournaments leading up to the Australian Open are ATP 250s, as well as um, the ATP Cup. Why that's interesting is there's no ATP 1000s in there any anywhere. So the reason that's so weird to me is you're going to have some of these players that are you know top players in the world playing in 250s. Now, do they usually play in 250s? Sometimes, not really. But I think what they're really going to go for is that ATP Cup. Um, there's a few things on my mind about that. Let's go through all the things that are happening in January and February in the ATP new calendar for 2021. The ATP season is set to start on January 7th, and the 7th through the 13th, there's going to be two tournaments. There's going to be one in Delray Beach, and there's going to be one in Attila. And the they're both ATP 250s, and they're January 7th to the 13th. Now, this is something that's interesting to me. They go to the 13th, and then there's a giant break there from January 13th to when those tournaments are supposed to end, which you only make it that far if you win. And then the next tournament is Melbourne 1 and Melbourne 2, both ATP 250s, on January 31st through February 6th. Now, those both Melbourne tournaments are going at the same time through February 6th. But what's during that tournament, those tournaments, is the ATP Cup, which is 12 teams in Melbourne. You see a trend here? They're all in Melbourne. All of this is in Melbourne. So during the Melbourne 1 and 2, there's also the ATP Cup. So what this makes me believe, now I don't know this but 100% sure, but by looking at it and doing some research, what this makes me believe is that the ATP Cup, all the best players are going to be playing in the ATP Cup. I believe the best players from each country are going to be playing in the ATP Cup. Why do I believe that? One, because there's more money in the ATP Cup, and uh, it's more for country and the success it had last year, the really high success that it had last year in its inaugural year. Now, Melbourne 1 and 2 ATP 250s, I don't know if players really want to play in them, as well as I think they just kind of want to get the ball rolling, and they know they're going to play the best players in the ATP Cup. But the ATP Cup ends on the February 5th, and on February 8th through the 21st is the Australian Open. So you're also playing... Probably some really, really good tennis real close to the start of the Australian Open. But that shouldn't be anything new for a lot of these players. They did that in New York, double in the bubble, turned right around, went overseas across the pond, played in the French Open. They were in Paris over there. Um, There's a lot of tournaments that happened over there. So I I don't think they're getting ready for as crammed as a schedule, but a busy schedule nonetheless. Another thing to keep in mind is I don't know the dates of all the tournaments that are happening after the Australian Open yet or what tournaments are going to actually be happening after the Australian Open. But these players might have a few weeks here where they're going to work their butts off and work hard, 
and there's not going to be a whole lot after it. Unlike this fall, where they were busy, 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 pretty much all fall. So that's another interesting aspect. I think they're going to come come down to Australia, down under, um, really, really work hard. It is the beginning of the season, but I think they know they're in for a sprint and not a marathon necessarily right off the bat. They'll get another break there probably in the middle before you know prepping for Wimbledon and the French Open um, and then going into their summer season. So as of right now, that's to be determined on how all of that goes. Now, one player we're hoping, I'm hoping, uh, I think the tennis world is hoping to see in Australia is the GOAT, Roger Federer. And there's a lot of unknowns happening with the GOAT, Roger Federer, right now and whether he's going to be playing in Australia. Now, let me read a little excerpt from he won an award in Switzerland for the best athlete over the last 70 years, which I don't know why 70. I don't know. Couldn't be 80. Couldn't be 100. Um, but he was the best athlete best past 70 years uh, at the sports award in Switzerland. This is what he said there um, per translation. He said, I would have hoped that I would be 100% by October, but I still am not today. It will be tight for the Australian Open. Why this is important. There were some other things said in this speech along the lines of, I've had a really good career um, from things I've read and excerpts I've read about this speech. It was things like, I've had a really good career. I'm really hoping you'll be back. But if I'm not, you know, I can settle with how with all the successes I've had. Tennis world blew up. Is Roger Federer done? Is Roger Federer leaving? Are we never going to see Roger Federer play tennis again? Is this the end of it? He's had a knee problem all 2020. Didn't play in anything in 2020. Is this going to be it? And this is why I'm just going to tell everybody to do a whole Aaron Rodgers and just relax. I think Roger Federer is going to be just fine. Roger Federer knows exactly what he's doing and what he needs to do. And if he doesn't show up in Australia, he doesn't show up in Australia. I guarantee you he's in London, England. He's going to play in the in Wimbledon this next year. And Roger Federer's done this throughout his career. He's he's known to do things like this, where if he gets hurt, he's going to take some time off and come back when he's healthy. Now, the difference is he's 39 at this point, and he's older. And he kind of started making comments about, you know, if I'm done, I'm done. Right. And so I think a lot of people, that's what's getting them freaked out is he seems content with how his career's gone. Now, Roger Federer is one of the most competitive persons um, in the sport of tennis. You know, you put him up there with uh, Rafael Nadal and how they competitive they are. Now, Rafa's kind of a new beast with the whole bull and all of that jazz. But Roger Federer is one of the most competitive people. And I can bet you he's doing whatever he can to get back to 100% to play in Australia. Now, another thing that I want to remind you of is Roger Federer is one of the best players that ever played this game, okay? Even if he's not 100%, or even if he says he's 100% and he comes back and he hasn't played in a while, he's still going to be really, really, really good. Now, I just want to remind you of that because a lot of people I don't, I think are like, oh, he might be done. He might struggle in these tournaments. Roger Federer is Roger Federer for a reason. He can come back from this, and he'll be just fine. Whether he might not win a Grand Slam right off the bat, or he might, but he might not, and that doesn't mean he's not going to play really, really well. And I can just hear it now. If he makes a semis at Australia and loses, they're going to be like, oh, he's not the same. The dude would, like, he's going to make it far in the tournament regardless, okay? I'm not terribly worried about the return of Roger Federer or if this is the last thing we've seen of him. All right, there's a few things I want to update you on, and they're both on the ATP Tour website. So if you have internet access, um, which you probably do if you're listening to this podcast, I recommend you go to the ATP Tour website, atptour.com, and you check these things out. The first thing is 
they have last week I talked about the new digital campaign this is tennis and this week they have um something on there that's called this is life and it kind of does a 2020 recap a really good video a really good article um just talking about coronavirus and the pandemic and the way they've played sport through it and what it's done to this world and how tennis has brought the world together. And it's really well done. Another big props to the marketing team over at the ATP Tour for chucking this one out there. Um, that's one thing I want to I lend a hand to and tell you to go look at it because it's really, really impressive. Um, it might give you chills. It gave me a little bit of goosebumps. Another thing is the ATP Tour has a thing called, uh, on the website as well, um, story of the season and it gives you all the highlights from you know it gives you uh you know the youngest champions the oldest champions the um you know the greatest shots the greatest comebacks the greatest matches all of that of 2020 and it literally gives you an entire recap of what 2020 was in the best of 2020 so that's something I want to send your way um, it's not really, I'm not really going to talk a whole lot about it. I just want you to know, um, it's called best of, there's a best of everything. So, um, check it out. Uh, best of 2020 season in review on the ATP tour website. Once again, I haven't done this in a few weeks, but I'm going to go through the top 10 rankings that are on the tour right now. Um, obviously they probably haven't changed since the last time I told you, but I want to recap this cause they're probably about to change over the next month or so as, Tennis starts getting hopped up again here in January. Let's go. Novak Djokovic is at one. Uh, Rafael Nadal's at two. Dominic Team's at three. At four is Daniil Medvedev. At five is Roger Federer because of how the points went this season. Um, number six is Stefano Tsitsipas. Number seven is Alexander Zverev. Number eight is Andre Rublev. And number nine, Diego Schwartzman. And number 10, Matteo Berrettini. Very interesting to see how these top 10 players, um, how their rankings and everything switch over the next first part of next year. That's something you should pay attention to because, you know, Roger Federer still ranked five in the world. There was a lot of, um, there was a certain way that the ATP did their point system this year with the coronavirus pandemic. So just something to keep an eye on uh, through 2021 and the early part of 2021 as well. A couple things I want to throw out there, kind of just interesting facts. That happened on the tour. Uh, the Roger Federer hat is back. Uh, he somehow got that from Nike. His design and the hat and all that jazz. And now they're back on sale again. Really cool, actually. Those hats were an absolute hit when he came out with them. He was one of the first players to really come out with his own line and his symbol and all of that. Now all the players pretty much have it. But the Roger Federer hat is back. One of the most popular hats in the sport of tennis. And then Maria Sharapova got engaged. I think this is something with tennis players that you're starting to see more and more, uh, you know, them retiring maybe a little earlier than they could or should, and just to start a life, because you can't really start a life when you're playing on the tour. Uh, you're traveling the world so often, you can't settle down, you can't really plant any roots anywhere. Um, I mean, look at Caroline Wozniacki. She retired in 2020, um, and she, I believe she was 29 or 30, so I think especially women who want to have kids and start a family, um, they might leave the tour or and come back or just straight up retire because they just want to start a life after tennis, and it's so hard to start a life after tennis. Now, who knows? They might come back like Kim Kleisters did, or they might be able to come back like Serena did. So maybe keep an eye on those players to see if that's what's happened um, or if that's what's going to happen or that's what they're thinking. Who knows? But I think it's very interesting that you know they're retiring to start families 
and all that sort. Because if you look at some of the top players, um, I don't believe Djokovic has kids. I believe he just got married. Nadal just got married. They're in their 30s. And then, you know, Federer's got kids and all that jazz. But that's a little different. Just my two cents on a topic that I don't know terribly a lot about. I'm kind of jumping to conclusion there. But at the end of the day, um, you are seeing quite a few younger women retire in the sport of tennis in the WTA. And um, I believe it's got to be for family. And shortly after Sharapova calls it quits, there is an engagement. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, a big life accomplishment happens in Caroline Wozniacki's uh, life as the next year or so happens. Thanks for listening today. If you want to reach out to Believe.com to sponsor, you can or at Believe Podcast, both on Instagram and Twitter, or at me, Jacob Sersosimo, um, both on Instagram and Twitter. we got a fun 2021 ahead of us. I'm really excited. Um, some new things might be coming to the pod, so uh, keep an eye on those, and I really thank you for listening. Happy holidays, everybody. Have a fun, safe holiday. Stay safe with the pandemic. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family, and as always, have fun out there. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.